Hey listeners, welcome to the Heading Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Sally Holder, and we are going to dig in to the five shocking things that no one tells you about entrepreneurship. I feel like this is a little bit of a, you know, crime junkie type revelation of shocking information. And this might be a bit shocking to a few of you if you have not yet started your business. And I think you're going to love the information that I have to share with you today because it is going to save you so much time and so much heartache. But don't worry, if you've already started your business, I bet you're going to find a nugget or two in today's podcast that is going to help you be able to magnify your reach, be able to set aside some of the the five things that are tending to stop entrepreneurs today from reaching their greatest potential. And that is what I want for each and every one of you. So without further ado, let's get started making your business just a little bit better. Okay, listeners, let's dive in deep to these five shocking things that no one tells you about entrepreneurship. I want to really break down each one of them and address them so that when you are struggling, you can remind yourself, hey, I'm not alone. Everyone ends up struggling in these areas. And hopefully today's podcast is going to make it a little bit easier for you to move on from these things that traditionally stop entrepreneurs in their tracks. And it's going to help you be able to level up your business in a fantastic way. So the first thing is that I want everyone to know that this shocking bit of information. Are you ready? No one knows what they're doing. Yes, that is number one. The first shocking thing to tell you about entrepreneurship is that no one knows what they're doing. I mean, the cat is out of the bag, not even yours truly at times. We just simply don't know. I've had tears over spreadsheets, and I've tried to teach myself things like bookkeeping and QuickBooks. And oh my gosh, don't even get me started on technology. And the fact is that oftentimes I have female entrepreneurs come to me for coaching, and the number one thing that they say is, I need to learn it all before I get started. And the fact is that is wholly false. It's simply not true for so many different reasons. Not only the first reason is that no one knows what they're doing, right? Because getting into action is what is important in your business. Getting into action and allowing the results to come and allowing yourself to earn while you are learning along the way. And the fact of the matter is that you can never know it all. It's just simply impossible. In today's day and age, when technology is moving along so quickly, when evolutions are happening with different platforms and there are changes in both our culture and society, there is absolutely no way for you to become all-knowing in all aspects of your business. And plus, the fact of the matter is that 
you should be able to delegate eventually certain aspects that you are not loving, that you don't know enough about to other individuals. I personally am never going to dabble in editing my own podcast. It is not of interest to me. It is not something I am going to need to know every in and out of that. However, it does not stop me from taking action and producing and creating a podcast. And there are lots of other examples of that within your own business. You know, I was coaching some realtors recently, and they were constantly talking about the fact that they feel the need to always be on top of the market, right? But you are setting yourself up for failure if that is what you believe that you have to have in order for you to achieve success. Because there is no point at which you will know every single thing that is on the market, every single thing that is available to your prospective client. Right. If that were the standard, no one would be successful. So as you are working through different aspects of your business, know that you do not have to know the ins and outs of every single part of it in order for you to move forward and in order for you to offer this particular product or service to the market. You know, I always tell people, begin with beta. Beta is just a term for you to begin offering your product or service possibly at a lower rate and invite your customers to participate in the evolution of your product or service. It's great because it allows you to get customer feedback. It allows you to be able to cater the product or service to your prospective ideal customer. And so it creates a real win-win relationship. It also tells the customer, hey, things aren't going to be perfect. And that oftentimes helps many of my entrepreneurs put their product or service into the market at a faster rate when they know that it doesn't have to involve all of the bells and whistles that it might that they might eventually want it to include or that they don't have to know every single answer that their customer answer to every question that their customer might have because they have gotten the buy-in of their customer letting them know hey At this point, it is beta. We are testing this. We are trying something new. It's not going to be perfect. But you get the advantage of paying a lower rate and having some input on the evolution of this product and service. And they oftentimes like to have that input and say so over the final result that is created. So you're not going to know it all. Instead, simply get into action get going. If you really feel concerned, offer your product or service in beta and make it happen. The only way that you are going to get better as an entrepreneur is to get into action. And certainly the only way you're going to begin earning anything is to get into action and get going. Okay. Now, number two follows very well on the heels of the fact that no one knows what they're doing, is that number two, the second shocking thing that no one tells you about entrepreneurship is perfectionism. Well, it's only a corporate thing. What do I mean by that? Well, you can mess up. In fact, it's expected in entrepreneurship. And guess what? Most of the time, 
you don't even get fired over it. You can simply apologize, learn from the situation, and redo it when it's necessary. Isn't that crazy? I, I know, I know. You're thinking to yourself, that can't possibly be the case, but it is. Let me tell you a story. I was helping two teachers become entrepreneurs recently, and they are starting a coaching business, working with aspiring leaders, something that we certainly absolutely need in the market. And they were preparing some of their initial marketing tools, and I reviewed it for them. And the first thing that struck me was that their personality just didn't show up in their content. It felt like, well, it felt like they were trying to make it right right? Quote, unquote, right. You know what I mean by that. And instead, what the customer really wants to see from them and from you as the entrepreneur listening to this, well, they want to see you, not some perfect, polished rendition of you. They want to know who it is they're hiring. They want to see behind the mask. And while in the corporate world, we tend to remove all sense of ourselves and our personality and we kind of, you know, clean it all up to put this polished person out there, it is very different in the entrepreneurial world, right? We attract people to us and we create more of a sense of trust when we show a bit of our personality, when we include our, our certain phrases and terminology that we use on a regular basis into our marketing materials. If you were going to use the term badass out in the world, then have it on your lead page or your sales page. Don't be afraid simply because in your previous career, it was frowned upon. And so you can imagine me telling these teachers, hey, you guys, it's okay if you were to use the word badass. I know, shocking. And, and they did. You know, ultimately, because that's what they're trying to create is some amazing badass female leaders. And so they wanted to tell their prospective customer that that is what they are going to get as a result of doing business with them is that feeling of being the badass leader that they came to this planet to be. And so I encourage you to, you know, take off those corporate glasses, look at your information that you're putting out there, whether it's social media or your lead pages or your website, and ask yourself, am I trying to be perfect as I would have in my previous professional career. Lord knows I never would have used the word badass appearing in front of a judge. Because as you all know, I practiced law for 10 years. And so I struggled with this at the beginning of my career as well. It was very difficult for me to have casual inflection in my conversation on social media. It was very difficult for me to try to get used to just a, a comfortable conversation on email versus it sounding very robotic. And so I get the struggle, but I also know now, having been an entrepreneur for several years, I know what your customer wants to hear from you. And that I also know that they are all wanting to build that know, like, and trust factor with the person that they are hiring. And if they are capable of seeing what it is that you believe and who the person is behind 
the mask, right, behind the social media presence, behind that website, if they are able to see who you are and they were able to connect with you, right, separate and apart from you trying to be perfect, then they are much more likely to like you because that's who they are, fundamentally flawed. We all are. And so if they see perfectionism staring back at them, right, it only makes sense that they would feel right? They don't know why, but necessarily in their gut that they don't necessarily connect with the person on the other end of that marketing material. They don't know why, but they don't necessarily connect with that person on social media. And what I argue is they haven't really seen you yet. They haven't seen you as the person, the true entrepreneur. So share the good, the bad, the ugly, not the perfect version right? Because that's only one side of you, right? You have the other side and don't be afraid to share that with your customer. It will help you in the long run rather than hurt you. I can assure you of that. Will it feel uncomfortable at first? Absolutely. It's going to feel strange and it may take you a little bit of time and you might have to experiment with, you know, some casual language on social media, like using words like gonna, uh, G-O-N-N-A versus going, right? It's just hilarious for me to even think about um, struggling with using that casual language now because it's become such commonplace for me. But previously I did. You know, I wanted and I thought I had to put that perfect version out there because especially if I'm someone giving advice, if I'm someone that's helping other people achieve something, well, you know, I better be perfect at it. And frankly, again, as I said with number one, that perfectionism as a goal is, isn't is achievable, right? And when we set impossible goals and standards for ourselves, right, it is a way of allowing ourselves to get out of ever trying. And so instead of saying, well, now suddenly I have to swing the pendulum and put every single aspect of myself out there. See, I know where you're going with this. I've been there. I've been inside your head. You're thinking, well, I'm not going to be the woman on social media sharing her food and crying into the lens. I get you. I'm not suggesting that. But we don't have to swing the pendulum all the way to zero, right? You can find the middle ground, the four, five, and six, where you're sharing bits and pieces of your life that really reflect potentially, you know, the ups and downs of your journey in entrepreneurship. Imagine if more women did that. Imagine if more women showed what they truly experienced, what the repercussions could be. I would argue that the repercussions would be that more women would remain in entrepreneurship because they would see, hey, other people do struggle occasionally too. Other people do experience the ups and downs. Things aren't perfect for them either. And that will give more women the the chance to know that despite it not all going right, right, they're still good enough to do this as well. So if not for you, do it for someone else. Let the lens go of the perfectionist side of yourself because truly it's only a corporate thing. It's not required as an entrepreneur. And fundamentally, if you do mess something up for a client, let me assure you that when you make it right, which you will and you always have, then that client will be forgiving of you. 
And if you along the way have shared who you authentically are, you have shared you are not perfect. And so be upfront about that with your client at the outset, right? The more that you can establish that perfection is not the goal with your client, right? You can create some grace for yourself as well, right? I always establish my client relationships by letting them know, hey, neither of us is going to meet a standard of perfection here, so let's not try. Let's be ourselves, the best version of ourselves that we can be, and that is when we will both be able to move the needle forward in the best way possible. So, When you have those initial client conversations and you're bringing someone on board, feel free to explain to them that, again, you're never going to be perfect and that you will always, however, make sure that they are happy. You will always, however, make sure that they are satisfied with the product and service that they receive. Now, that is a very different standard than perfectionism, right? So put that in place the next time and see how your client reacts. I bet they will begin to give you more grace and that even a phone call explaining to them that something didn't go as planned that was outside of your control will be better received because you set the relationship up on a well-communicated foundation and you allowed for the expectation that things were not going to go absolutely perfectly. So it creates a better relationship between you and your client too. So give yourself some grace. Allow yourself to take off that perfectionist hat. Put on your Lululemon pants. And, you know, actually I would put on my Zarena that I've gotten from Hamden Clothing. But um, my, my casual attire and be yourself. And it's not crazy. It's actually how you are going to get better. Trust me. Okay, number three, fancy tools like a website and business cards are not actually needed to start your business. Oh my gosh, this is mind-blowing, is it not, right? I, I, I would think that at the end of the day, if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I am shocked. I always thought that in order to begin my business as an entrepreneur, the very first thing that I would need would be a website, would be fancy tools, and I would have to invest thousands of dollars in creating those tools before I could ever earn any revenue. Well, that's just not true. People will actually hire you just because you're good at what you do and because you can solve their problems. It can be that simple. In fact, today I was having a a conversation with a new client and she was giving me this exact information. She was letting me know as we were building out her revenue streams within um, my coaching program, the Revenue Roadmap, we were talking about the development of a new revenue stream for her business. And we were talking about the fact that she can begin with something as simple as a PDF summarizing her services. Now, of course, the immediate feedback she gave me was, well, I won't be able to distribute the PDF until I have a website to send them to. And I said, actually, that's not true. That's not really the case, is it? 
right? Is that 100% true? Well, no. It's just a feeling. It's not actually a fact that you have to have that. Is there a way of accomplishing your goal of selling your product or service before you have that website? Absolutely. All she needed was a mechanism to accept payments, right? Which could be a check if we were to go with the simplest format or PayPal, right? Of course, she can immediately set up an account through Stripe, which is a credit card processing system, and link it to her bank account if she wanted to go a little bit fancier. But that can be set up within minutes and is free. So you do not have to have a fancy logo. You do not have to spend thousands of dollars on a website. And heck, in this day and age, I never give out a business card. In fact, I would actually rather not give out a business card and simply ask the individual, hey, why don't you let me know what mechanism you use to talk to people with most is it text? Is it email? Do you speak on, you know, Instagram, Facebook Messenger? What is it that you prefer to use? And they tell me, and I say, well, then why don't I follow you on social media and I'll send you a message on Instagram, right? That immediately makes us connected, whereas a business card can be lost in a matter of moments. It also requires them to put your contact information into a particular format for them to ever take any action, whereas if you're getting their contact, you know, a way to follow them on social media, or you're getting their cell phone number to send them immediate text or an immediate email, then you can absolutely take action on that right away. So that's how I love to be able to engage with people, get their contact information, and get a conversation started and begin process of following up and providing them more information about my business rather than utilizing a business today. So we've cut out the business card with the use of right, any of those tools. Now, the website absolutely can be cut out through creating an email that maybe contains the PDF of your of the services that you provide. And within that email, you can have a link to the processor. And you can state everything that you do and how excited you are to be able to serve them and recommend that they, you know, peruse through your services, the packages, etc., however you, you set it up, um, with the attached PDF and letting them know that you will follow up with them with a phone call tomorrow to see what they think. Now, that's far more personalized than sending them to your website, which is intended, right, to be something that can receive people in a mass market format that is just very general. Right? Sending the email with the attached PDF about the services you would love to provide to this particular customer, well, that's customized. It's specific. And so that generally converts people on a higher basis than simply sending them to read more information about you on your website anyway. Now, again, do not swing the pendulum to zero. I'm not saying you never, ever need a website. I don't believe that. Right? But you do not need it at day one. 
You do not have to have it to get started offering a product or a service. It can happen through simply one-on-one relationship building or reaching out to your current network and beginning to offer it to that group of people before you offer it in a larger way to the public through a website. Now, this generally provides people a lot of shock because what does it do? Well, it forces them to take action is what it does, right? It forces them to go ahead and do the scarier thing, right? They have to offer it. They have to make the offer to a prospective customer. And that requires a lot of vulnerability, doesn't it? It requires you to potentially overcome some fear of what others might think, of what others might have to say about it. And so oftentimes what I find is that we're throwing these other obstacles, right? The, the business cards, the website, the branding, the logo, all the things in our way as obstacles before we can get to the point where we have to make an offer because that delays the very difficult, very vulnerable action of making an offer. I'll let you kind of think about that for just a second. Okay, listeners, have you heard the news? Email marketing is here to stay. In fact, email marketing converts far better with your customers than social media ever does. So are you sending regular, consistent communications to your customers? If you're not, I have the perfect tool for you. It's called Flowdesk, F-L-O-D-E-S-K. It is an email marketing service provider that's built for creators by creators. You can use it to design and send on-brand marketing emails, create opt-in forms to grow your list, and build powerful email automations. And the best part? Well, it's built by a woman for women. It has stunning landing pages, templates, and forms for you to be able to use that I promise even the beginner to email marketing can make Flowdesk their best friend. And in the end, you're going to grow your email list and stay on brand using Flowdesk with these fully responsive forms. You're going to be able to create freely without limiting your growth and connect with as many subscribers as you like. And the best part is I've got a promo code to be able to give you to save 50% on your first month with Flowdesk. All you have to do is go to the show notes in this episode and use my promo code to get 50% off your first month of Flowdesk. Enjoy. Okay, listeners, get excited. You're about to watch your business go from the struggle bus to success. How? The Roadmap. It's my signature 90-day coaching program that will give you all of the tools you need to make your road to success a reality. And this isn't just an empty promise. At the end of the 90 days, you will feel focused, energized, and confident about the direction of your business and its future. In fact, how does this sound? 
earning more in a month than you ever have before, working with your dream clients that make your heart happy, creating a tribe of loyal followers who engage with your content regularly, kicking that imposter syndrome and self-doubt out of the picture, and even getting to enjoy free time because you've become a time management maven in the process. Yes, those are all just a few of the results that you will get inside this 90-day coaching program, The Revenue Roadmap. I promise it is the best tool out there on the market to give you and your business the road to the revenue growth that you're looking for. So get on the website, growwiththebrim.com. That's growwiththebrim, B-R-I-M-M.com and apply today. Okay, we're back. Did you think about it? Are you currently throwing obstacles in your way of developing a new revenue stream or making a new offer or, you know, having some newness in your business? Are you throwing obstacles in your way so that you do not have to get to the hard stuff? Maybe you're thinking, well, I'd have to invest in, you know, equipment and things in order for me to be able to X, Y, or Z. And that's exactly what I mean by throwing these obstacles or fancy, quote unquote, fancy tools in the way that you don't actually need to get going. So while for new entrepreneurs, it could be the creation of the website or brand or logo, And for more seasoned entrepreneurs who are looking to evolve and take their business to the next level, it could be that it is the acquisition of, you know, large equipment or a new office and they are under the perception that they need these things before they can evolve. And again, it's just simply not true. It is a very tricky thing that our mind plays on us in order to stop us from that point of evolution, right? Our mind is that thing that's intended to keep us safe and protect us. And I know we've talked about that in previous podcast episodes that, you know, it's there to make sure that we don't get ourselves into trouble, but occasionally it can be wrong right? Occasionally, it can go a little overboard. And oftentimes, when we're trying to do something that your mind um, pr- you know, processes as risky, it will try to talk you out of it. So here are the facts. Now you know this shocking fact is true, that you do not have to have whatever it is, that big piece of equipment or that website in order for you to evolve. I simply want you to ask yourself the question, how can I make this as easy as possible? How can I make this, you know, acquisition of a new revenue stream? How can I make this offer to this customer as easy as possible so that I own myself as the entrepreneur so that I can get it in their hands as soon as possible. And oftentimes you will find a very quick route around that obstacle in the format of something like a simple PDF or an email 
or borrowing the equipment or finding a studio in town you can use or borrowing someone else's office. There, the infinite possibilities will begin to show themselves to you when you ask that question. Okay, number four, the fourth most shocking thing that no one tells you about entrepreneurship. Ready? People will value your previous experience. I know, it's stunning. Maybe you are new to your particular industry, but you worked for a long time in another industry and you succeeded in that industry first. And, right, well, the fact is people saw your success there and they think it's pretty cool. And that it's not a detriment that you were successful in a previous career and that you are new in this one. I have a fantastic example of someone who I coached that was in the in, uh, previously in the insurance sales business, and we were talking about evolving um, her into the interior design industry. So she too was in the revenue roadmap and said, this is the revenue stream that I want to develop. It is the creation of a business doing interior design. Well, Obviously, one of her biggest fears was the fact that she was new to the industry. Now, prior to coming into the Revenue Roadmap, she had done what most prospective entrepreneurs tend to do, and that is they ask their friends and family how to get started. It is a very natural question. I get it. However, the answers that they provide are going to be based on their own biases. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean that if they perceive that this could be risky or detrimental to you, or that it could cause you any type of pain or harm, then they are going to advise you on the safest route you could possibly take in order to achieve success. Now, can you take that route? Absolutely. You sure can. But is that going to help you go farther, faster? No, it's not, right? We can all take the slow boat to China, but that is not the way that we want to get there. Would we rather travel by jet, right? By private jet, absolutely, right? There are always two modes to get there, and you get to choose which one you want to travel on. And so oftentimes the the parents, the friends, will recommend something when you are new to an industry like, oh, well, offer your services for free. It's very hard for me to even get that word out of my mouth. It is absolutely a four-letter word in my household for for, for free. But let me assure you, you do not have to do that in order to create a new business. Please hear me on this. The reason why they are suggesting that to you, again, is because they are concerned for your well-being. They are worried of what others may think, They are worried about you experiencing any type of rejection. And we appreciate them and that they're concerned about that. However, 
right? We do not need to take that business advice from someone who isn't, right, looking to the greatest potential that I could possibly have, but instead looking at the greatest pain I could possibly have. We want someone focused on our potential. And that is what a business coach can give you. And so, you know, I always recommend don't necessarily seek the advice of your friends and family when you're starting a new business because they will make all kinds of suggestions, oftentimes, that do not value the previous experience you have had in a previous industry. Whereas someone that is only focused on the growth of revenue streams and businesses knows otherwise, right? We know that statistically customers understand that if you have previously created success in your career, that you are likely to do that again. Why? Because right, that is your worth at, work ethic. That is intrinsic value that you bring to the table that you brought to your previous career. I had great success when I was practicing law. I don't think anyone would say that my 10 years practicing law was a detriment to me now being a business coach, right? Can I lean on many of the things that I learned during that period of time? Absolutely. You will always stand on the shoulders of your previous success, right? It is never a waste. So there is no sense of regret that you need to have about it. It will always come into play in your future career. I know mine certainly has. And the fact of the matter, you won't know necessarily when it comes into play. And you won't know necessarily how it's going to come into play. You just have to have trust that it will at some point. And that it played a role in getting you where you are right now. And so you are grateful for those experiences. And that you can't wait to continue forward with your career. So there is no start and stop. There is no starting completely over. That is a farce. It is not reality. The reality is you are a very different person that you are today than you were five years ago when you started in whatever career that was then, you have much more knowledge, much more expertise, and you can continue to build upon that. And you can also start to earn right away. There is no need for you to offer your services for free in order to attract clients. In fact, I actually truly know it to be the case that when you do that, right, when you attempt to offer your services for free, it not only delays you reaching the final destination of, you know, ultimately what you want to charge for your products and services because you end up, you know, going from free to likely undercharging, right? Not immediately skipping to charging your value. But oftentimes I find it very difficult or that clients prior to coming to me have experienced it, you know, to be really hard to find people to work with them even when they are offering their services for free. Why? Well, people want something of value. And they don't perceive that if you are giving your services away for free, that they are going to get the type of value that they need, right? If you are going to give your interior design services away for free, the perception subconsciously from your client is you must not be very good. 
and that they don't want to waste your time or their time working with someone who isn't very good, right? And so they often struggle more often when they weigh under charge or they attempt to offer the products and services for free than they do if they come out of the gate offering it for market value, offering it for the value that they ought to be charging, right, for their time and for their attention. Now, might they spend, you know, a little bit of extra time on that client to ensure that they get the result that the client wants? Absolutely. But that is ultimately to the service professional that they can make that decision. And they are going to make sure with the first couple of clients that they get the results that they want so that they can have a testimonial to be able to provide to their upcoming clients. You will not get that testimonial from someone who just does you a favor and lets you work on their project for free. Why? Because they don't have that great of impression of you and the service that they got. They think it didn't have a lot of value. So they aren't really wanting to make a great recommendation most of the time. Now, is this always the case? No. There is never a situation where we can say it is always this or always that. But in my experience, this tends to be the case. So instead of believing that you have to go through a period of hardship and struggle before you can offer your products and services, even if you are new in an industry, that you have to go through that before you can have clients who are paying you market value, well, that's just wrong. Now you know better. And you are going to now seek advice if you feel that you need it from someone who is a professional in the industry of, of business coaching or, or another professional within that particular industry that you are coming into versus someone that has their eye on protecting you from a sense of failure. Okay, now, number Five, the final shocking thing that no one tells you about entrepreneurship is, I feel like we should do a drum roll here. You do not have to be a social media or tech expert to be an entrepreneur. I feel like we should all have a, have a dramatic pause at that moment. Just everyone on the other end of this, soak that in for a moment. Because if I had a nickel, Heck, if I had a penny for every time a prospective female entrepreneur came to me and said, I would love to do X, Y, or Z. However, I am not well-versed in all of the technology tools of today. Or I am not a social media maven. I do not have 10,000 followers. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Neither do I. And I'm doing just fine. And so can you. You do not have to be a social media expert or have all of this great understanding of technology to start a business. Why? Well, we've already addressed some of the technology aspects of it, right? The fact that you can earn and learn simultaneously, the fact that you can also be able to use very simple tools at the outset 
you know, as I tell many of my coaching clients, you can begin a business today with email and Zoom and be off and running within a day if you so choose. And you know, the fact of the matter is that interior designer, the one that trusted me, the one that took the advice and and didn't spend all of her time offering her products and services for free. The one that agreed she doesn't have to have the brand and the logo and the website and the business cards all within her first month that she could earn and learn simultaneously. Her first month in business she earned $15,000, $15,000. So it is just one example. There are so many more, but she got in there and she did the work, right? The work of being vulnerable, the work of making an offer and making an ask of a prospective customer, which always leads to revenue. And all of the rest of the stuff, social media, tech, perfectionism, all of those things are gravy on top, right? It's a nice to have, not a need to have. Is it nice to have thousands of followers? Sure. Can you build up to that while you simultaneously grow your business? Yes. You don't need it. You know, social media fundamentally is a lead generation tool, right? So again, just to break that down in terminology even more, it is a tool that we use to let other people know about the existence of our business, right? Are we capable of reaching a larger audience and people that we do not know? Absolutely. You know what else does that? Word of mouth. Word of mouth marketing, word of mouth referrals from friends who know what you're doing. Which one do you think converts at a higher rate? Someone talking about you and and having intimate knowledge about what you're doing and the niche you serve and the customer you love and how excited you are about your business, being able to tell other friends that they see at their office or during lunch or, you know, around town or posting on social media. Which one converts at a higher rate? Hmm? I would argue that the one-on-one connection always converts at a higher rate. And so remember, fundamentally, you can be an extraordinarily successful entrepreneur through old-school relationship building. It doesn't have to include tech. As you continue to grow your business, you know, Eventually, when you become so successful that you want to begin to automate certain aspects, you know, of your emails and you want to automate certain aspects of your marketing so that you can free up time and space, can you learn how to do those things through technology later? Absolutely. But that comes into play much more when you are looking to scale your business, not start it. So please, no longer use that as a reason why you cannot become an entrepreneur. This should open the floodgates for everyone over the age of 40 to now become an entrepreneur. Because again, I am over the age of 42, so I'm in that bucket. But very often we tend to say, hey, we didn't grow up with social media. We didn't grow up with all of these technology tools. They're new for me. I agree. I get that. 
But it doesn't mean that you can't lean on the things that we did grow up with, like deep relationships. You have decades on the 20-somethings. No offense, no problem there. Um, But you have decades of relationships that you have built over that period of time. Lean on them, right? Connect with them. Engage with them. Because that will produce faster results for you than anything else. So again, in summary, the five most shocking things that no one tells you about entrepreneurship that you are now no longer going to use as a reason why your business cannot thrive, you are going to remove them as a barrier to your success, is number one, no one knows what they're doing, right? We all know that now. The cat's out of the bag. Perfectionism isn't required. It's only a corporate thing. Fancy tools are not actually needed to get going or to evolve your business. And people will always value your prior experience. And finally, you do not have to be a social media or tech expert to be an entrepreneur. You can choose to stay in your own zone of genius. It's why you started the business anyway. Okay, thank you so much for listening and tuning in to today's episode. I truly hope that this episode has helped you reach your greatest potential because that is all I ever want for you is to make entrepreneurship easier for you less stressful and allow you to create more revenue along the way. So hopefully after today's episode and learning these five things, you are kicking all of those barriers to your success to the curb and that you are ready to rise knowing that you are in control of your own success. And again, if you have loved this episode and are enjoying the Hitting Rock Metal podcast, I hope that you will do me a favor and leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening on today. It goes a long way to helping us get our message out there to more entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs. So we would really appreciate that. But thank you again for tuning in today, again, to the Hitting Rock Middle podcast. I'm your host, Sally Holder. I hope you have a great rest of your day.